Today is November 4th, and we are joined by Brian Hoke to recap the Yankees season and discuss the offseason that has begun. Let's do it. Let's talk about the Yanks. Talking Yanks with old drum boy, drum boy Jake. Recaps galore and weekly awards. Stat lines, steaming hot takes. Your Yankees news with these two fine dudes. It's time for Talking Yanks. Talking Yanks with old John Boy. John Boy Jake. Talking Yanks with old John Boy. John Boy Jake. Hello and welcome to Talking Yanks. Thank you very much for hanging out with us for a little bit. We hope you're having a fantastic November. We just got off a Zoom call with Brian Hoke. Mm. He was our guest today. Jake, how are you doing? I'm good. James, talking Yanks, faithful. How's everybody doing? I'm good, man. That's good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, I'm I'm getting very interested about the Yankees offseason. I'm sure we'll be talking about that a ton. And just the baseball offseason in general. Um, Yeah. So, I don't know. A uh, little stat keeping. Stat keeping. For the folks that listen. Uh, we're tra- it, A hit got changed to an error in the August 23rd game. So, Which changes. If you're keeping stats at home. Which changes Gary Sanchez's batting <laughs> average. 145. Drops him down to 143. Yeah. Uh, no, so this, this is Wednesday. Uh, this comes out Wednesday. Uh, we're in a bit of a limbo period still, unless there's huge news. But, you know, this week, this is the episode. Next week, we're hoping to pre-record an interview or something for Wednesday as well uh, as we take a little vacation for ourselves. And then we'll be back at it, and it'll be two times a week, Mondays and Wednesdays. And we'll try to get interviews. We'll try to get voicemails. We'll try to talk to some people. Was that nose hair? Eyelash. Oh, Jake showed me an eyelash. supposed to blow it. Good luck. <laughs> It's attached to your finger with, like, eye gook. Okay, that's bad luck. <laughs> okay. So we'll get the sanitizer out. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, that's it. That's the announcement. We'll throw it to, to Hulk. A pretty good conversation, as always, with him. But first, a word from our sponsor. Mm. Week 8 of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week Nine. There's no better place to get in all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of Week 9, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss those. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to receive a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. On top of that great sign-up offer, DraftKings offers great odds and bows every Sunday to help you make it rain. Don't worry if football isn't for you. DraftKings is giving all you basketball heads a 200% profit boost on any basketball market once you sign up. Mm. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, unlike going on a date with Jake, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOHNBOY when you sign up and get up to $1,000. That's code JOHNBOY to get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older 
you must live in New Jersey only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires a 25 times playthrough. Reservations apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call one 800 G A M B L E R. Here's Baseball. We are joined by recurring guest and producer of Penny's Two Cents, Brian Hoke. Brian, how are you? <laughs> Good, thanks. I'm like executive producer. I'm like one of those guys that just kind of collects the paycheck and, and let the other people do the work. Mrs. Hoke is uh, deserves all the credit for that. She's uh, she's actually the one grinding every week with uh, putting that together. Well, producer BBD here said Jake should say executive producer, and, and we, we didn't, didn't know, know if you're yeah. right. You get the executive producer. Uh, we didn't know the title, so I, I don't know. Maybe you know whatever. Like you know, remember like a Mark Goodson television production when you'd watch the uh, Price is Right. I don't think Mark Goodson was actually there on set doing the Price is Right. So oh. yeah, so he just knew that it existed. Exactly, <laughs> collected the paychecks. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay, all right. I like that. She had a lot of fun. Those are fun. Thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Did uh was there ever a point where she were where this is just a penny a penny hulk interview now? That's fine. Um, is there any like too much or too little? Is she did she was she waking up saying like let's do the video? No, she she enjoyed it. She liked it, yeah. And especially when she found out that people actually were watching her show. Yeah. And she's hey, like, that's I a- have and you know, John Heyman is wearing a T-shirt with Penny's face on it. Uh, she was like, I have fans. I was like, Yeah, people people are enjoying it. So. Uh, she thought it was pretty experience. cool. Yeah. yeah, no, and so she's been drowning her sorrows in Ben and Jerry's ever since the Yankees were done. And mm. um, yeah, <laughs> she keeps asking when she can make another one. So we'll, we'll probably do something soon. I think this is a good week for it. Actually, we're all we could all probably use some a break from the news. So we'll try and get something fun out there. Um, there is there is a presidential election happening this week, guys. In case you it's, didn't know, I'm trying my best to not think about it. Yeah. But, we should know um, who the winner is in about a month or two, so that'll be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I said today. Yeah. I was like, don't don't expect this to be quick. Anyway, yeah, Penny's day to day sound a lot like mine and Jake's. We also drowned our sorrows in a yeah a bucket of Ben and Cherries. Hot amount of Ben and Cherries. <laughs> I got on the Peloton this morning, though. I'm going every day. I'm not leaving the apartment in the morning until I hop on the Peloton. So wow. So thanks for coming on. We'll catch up with you next month or something. Okay. This has been fun, though. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, that's right? great. <laughs> what is uh? <laughs> okay. No follow up on the Peloton. I'll, I'll let you go on that one. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Is uh is life normal for you right now? I mean, because you know you were part of the bubble life and ruckus. The video of you coming back to your your kids yeah. is pretty endearing and sweet. Um, Thank you. How's your How's your day to day now? Uh, normal ish, I guess. Um, you know, it's it was. It was really hard this year being apart from um, the girls and stuff. And, um, you know, we just did that out of an abundance of caution. And um, it, it was it was a grind, man. I, I, I feel for what the players went through because I kind of went through a little bit of that myself. And, um, you know, we, I was able to come by and wave from the street and stuff. But it was just, you know, this, this all sucks. You know, like 2020 sucks, guys. And I'll be very happy when we can get back to normal and, um, you know, start having fans in the ballpark. You know, what Aaron Boone kept saying was the year was heavy. And I feel like that's that's the way I feel about it. It was just a heavy year. And um, unfortunately, 
I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer, but, you know, once we get to January 1st, that's not like a magic thing where everything goes away and then we get to start over. So I don't know. I just uh, I want things to go back the way when we were hanging out down in Tampa and like March five or whatever. And you guys had the camper out there at Steinbrenner Field. That was fun. Like, (laughs) and then think about where this year went from that. Um, So it's been it's been strange. And, you know, we're just getting through it just like everybody else. Yeah. It's crazy. Were there, I mean, were there honest moments uh, with the guys on the team with, with those things? Because, I mean, you kind of, you have to stay the course and say, you know, yeah, the, the team's united, we're in this, we're, you know, we're going all the way. I mean, did you, was it either guys hopping in press conferences and you just look at them and you're like, that dude's exhausted. Like, he, yeah. he doesn't want to be here. I, I don't know. Like, what, what was the vibes you were getting from the guys towards the end of the season? I felt like the guys knew what they were signing up for. And they knew that once they were in it, you know, they were in it to win it. If you're going to go through all the nonsense that, happened this year with the uh you know being in a bubble and everything like that and not seeing your family in a lot of cases for months on end like for example zach Britton, he's got young kids texas and when he left for summer camp that was it he you know it was facetime until they were done with that jay hap was in a similar situation and um some of the other guys you know i know voight had his wife drive to to new york and was able to be with him but then once they started the postseason bubble she had to drive the car back to missouri and so there's all these like little things brett gardner you know who knows if he's going to play another year as the yankees he wanted to have his wife and kids in the stands and he couldn't do that so i think there were just a lot of uh stories like that where guys guys were committed to each other john carlos stanton said something along the lines of he they leaned on each other because that's all they had you know they they were the only people they were around for months on end was the players coaches you know boone um you know they, they were really this traveling band even more than usual where there was just no interaction with outside people or at least there wasn't supposed to be and um so especially once they got back from that last road trip and really had to lock it down and went into that postseason mode from there on, it was uh, just kind of, we're in it to win it. And, you know, as long as this goes, um, they, they were going to have to stick together as kind of a one band. Were the reporters in a similar boat? Were you guys like each other's traveling band or I forget what, how, what stadiums did you guys go to not go to? Because you're at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. And reporters go on the road. I'm blanking. I've kind of forgot. That's, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I personally, uh, I did the opening day in D.C., and then MLB didn't want us to travel. So uh, I just did Yankee Stadium. I did all 30 at Yankee Stadium, and then I did the games at City Field. And um, other than that, yeah, they didn't even want me to go to Philadelphia because they didn't want to okay. have – you know, the hotel situation. So uh, we were kind of taken off the road a little bit. And we don't, we did it remotely, just kind of like, uh, like you guys watching the games on TV and then doing zoom calls and stuff. There were a lot of other newspaper reporters that did travel. Um, I would have liked to have been there for the postseason games, but I wasn't. So yeah. um, just a weird, a weird year. I think uh, coming back to like the Yankees are going to the playoffs. And I remember out of Yankee Stadium and thinking, I'm not coming back here. Like, no matter what happens in the postseason, the Yankees aren't going to play a home game this year. It's, it was strange. And then, um, and then of course, having the team play in its most important games and covering it on TV, that was, that was bizarre, too. And, you know, we did the best we could in these strange situations. And, um, you know, you guys flew to the World Series. What was that like? Because um, I honestly haven't even been on a plane since uh, before coronavirus started. Yeah, it, it's masks everywhere and, and – they hand you wipes when you get on the plane, and like no one sat in between. No, there's no middle seat. It's me and Jake, um, but you're very close to people. It's definitely uh, 
a high risk. We all came back and all tested negative, I believe. Yep. Um, so, yeah. yeah, it's good. But, I, but I mean, it, it was risky. So it's, you know, wear the masks. Right. Uh, even at, at the stadium, a lot of people are talking crap about it because it doesn't look as spaced out as it actually is. And at times it's not in the stands. But they did do their best to keep people spaced out. But, you know, we traveled with a nucleus. We've been together the whole time, yeah. the four of us. Um, recording and doing our best to stay safe and I don't know, but it's masks everywhere in New York city. When I go other places that I go, it's not masks everywhere. So it's kind of yeah different. Yeah. Um, I've been talking to some people who were in the Yankee bubble and you know, they, it was so strict, especially during the postseason, they couldn't even go to the Starbucks across the street to get a cup of coffee. And then you know, I was talking to somebody who lives down in the t- area and then he walked into a grocery store and nobody's wearing a mask. And it's like, I just came from San Diego where it was so strict. You couldn't even go out to the golf course and walk around. And then, you know, Florida, it's just kind of like back to normal. And um, I guess that's, that's a microcosm of where we are. Right. Um, So I'm kind of wondering about what that's going to mean for next season. You guys are bringing me down, man. (laughs) Um, um, But I am like, 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 hopefully this gets under control. We get a vaccine, whatever it is. And we can have a normal 2021 because, um, I don't think anybody had a whole lot of fun. It was great that we got some baseball back, but um, it was hard, I think, for a lot of people. And, you know, I, I credit to MLB for actually pulling it off because I'll be honest, there were times where I didn't think it was going to work, especially early in the year when you had the Marlins shutting down, they had half their team gone, and then the Cardinals didn't play for like three weeks. It was just nuts. So it's pretty impressive that they, they made it to the finish line and then <laughs> basically kinda, the last hour, they kind of, it was like, it was like when you watch those marathons where like they make it to the finish line yeah, and then rest as soon as they cross the line, they just throw up all over themselves. <laughs> That's kind of what happened with the world series those celebration. <laughs> My favorite marathons to watch. Uh, I have run two of them. I did not throw up. All well, over myself. Should, I only go to puke ending marathons. I but I will tell of... you one thing about running a marathon, and this has nothing to do with Yankee baseball. But okay. the first yes. time I ever did it, it was New York City Marathon. And then we went to some bar a couple blocks away, and somebody bought me a Heineken. And about halfway through, because you're so dehydrated at the end of it, half a Heineken, I was like woozy. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I need to go home, man. Like, I can't do this right now. Like, you don't realize how much it dehydrates you and uh, how much it takes out of you. So. Um, that's what I remember. I remember getting really drunk off half a Heineken, probably for so the first time since what? Like uh, I was 14. <laughs> my autobiography. That's, yeah. I might take so, that. Yeah. That's my marathon story for uh, you. What about the Zoom etiquette between reporters? I mean, what, who was the worst Zoomer uh, <laughs> out of all the reporters? And Throw someone under the bus big time. Who, someone who go viral. Yeah. You know what I want to know? Is there, is there a reporter? And this is kind of a – there? I'm going to ask it. You don't have okay. to answer Okay. Is there a reporter that never said anything in the scrums pre-corona, like just quiet Ooh, in the back, zoom confidence. but zoom confidence, zoom like confidence. through the roof? Like, no, I don't. Tell think me it was so. Lindsay. Tell me Lindsay. Uh, no, was just it was like definitely not Lindsay. Lindsay was good at Zoom. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't. Th- I don't know if any of us were really good at Zoom. We just kind of you learn to use it. Like I never even heard of Zoom before March. I don't know if you guys used it at all, but no. um, yeah. So now it, and then it became literally an everyday part of our lives. But I, I think the, the hard part about Zoom was, and just knowing what was going on behind the scenes there, you know, in normal times, the clubhouse is open and we can go up. And if I need Brett Gardner or Aaron Judge, or whatever, I walk up to his locker. But this, you, you really are 
at the mercy of when Gardner or Judge or insert player has time to go to the interview room. So a lot of times Yankees would send these emails and it would say like, you know, the Zoom window will begin at two o'clock. And, um, you know, and then we would have Boone say 4.30. And then, so that meant you were just kind of hanging out for two and a half hours and waiting for somebody to come on the screen. And you'd just be looking at a microphone and the Yankee backdrop and hoping that somebody would come in the room. And so that, that part was hard, not being able to go and do it on your own and be independent and say, today I want to ask Jay Happ about this, or today I want to talk to Garrett Cole about this. You know, you were kind of, it was what's on the menu today. It was not a, uh, you know, you couldn't order off the menu. It was kind of a buffet and you just take what's there. It's like a Brazilian steakhouse. You guys sat at the table and they brought over skewers <laughs> of a player, took it away. What? So you, <laughs> you get away like, of Aaron Hicks or yeah, yes, whatever. Here he comes. Here he comes. And you turn this little thing. You're like, no more Hicks. Get him out right. of here. Um, I had a good time at a Brazilian. I didn't think I was gonna like it. I liked it. Oh, it's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. No, I did it once. Hicks. Once, never again. Never again. Wow. I was so sick. Yeah, maybe I went wow. to a bad one. It was somewhere in Jersey on uh, on Route Four. Yeah, way back, a long time ago. Wow. Okay. Send okay. us the address. I yeah. will. Yeah, perhaps. Add. You can find it. Yeah, I'm sure. Add. What um it I I guess kind of tying tying the bow in 2020. I mean, they they play the Rays, the five game set, the the game 2 chaos. I mean, the high the high of game 1 and then the low of game 2 and they you know, they go they go five and Cole's pitching great. I mean, what what were the emotions for you? I mean, I, I'll, I'll be honest and I I get sucked into everything easily, but uh, you know, I started feeling the Yankees' magic a little bit. It's because mm-hmm. as they head into the playoffs, I'm telling myself, "What's different this year?" And it's a Garrett Cole. That's mm-hmm. that's the big piece that's different. And then I was kind of hoping for a little Davy Garcia magic. That mm-hmm. ends up falling out. And then the Rays go on and and they play the Dodgers. I think the best team ends up winning the World Series, which has kind of quelched all the all the sixty gamers. I, I, were you fully sucked into this team? Did they, were they giving you World Series vibes? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I believed in this team that they had what it took to win the World Series and um, they just didn't, they were inconsistent. Um, but I figured as hot and cold as this team was, if they caught a hot streak in the postseason, they could go all the way and run the table. I mean, we saw them when they were at their best, when they started out 16 and six, and then they, they had those 10 wins in a row. And I thought that once they won those first three games, especially the first one against Tampa Bay, I figured that, you know, everything was going in their favor. And then we can, you know, talk to death about the game two and Davey Garcia and Jay Happ and that situation. But that did really feel like a momentum shift. And um, I I still thought that even when they won game four and uh, Lloyd was talking about, we're going to win it. I said, okay, they believe Uh, this is a team that, um, you know, they can't play. And look, when it, when it comes down, when your season comes down to one game there, it could go either way. It's coin flip. Um, the, The idea would be to not put yourself in that situation. But yeah, I thought, that um, the better team won in the division series just based upon what the Rays had their number all year long, eight and two during the regular season. They outplayed them in the postseason. They deserve to go on. But on paper, that Yankee team could have won the World Series, I thought. And, um, you know, I, I think that you know, if you look at those two teams on paper side by side, you think the Yankees should have won that series. But the Rays earned it on the field. Yeah, I mean, I agree with all that. I do think the game two decision, it just looms so large in my head. And and not even, you know, um, it's more the momentum, like you said. Like, yeah. oh, the Yankees are completely changing their game plan right now. And instead of just, just throw Davey or just throw Hap. And 
and right. be like, we're, we're up one nothing. So that's still, like you mentioned it, that puts me in a sour space. Like, ah, just... My- my dark, my dark shower thought the other day that got me that because I had forgotten was uh, a Rosarena clipped Davy, and that was before we knew that a Rosarena was the best player ever. I mean, he clipped Cole the day before, but yeah. you know it was still like, okay, this this guy's neat. They they've got a new weapon, and then it's like, oh my god, he's a record breaker. So it's like, that's the guy who got Davy. But that which I could have seen a little more. Of him. That didn't even change their mind on Davy. No, they, they Hap said yeah. he was going in no matter what. Now. Hap, he did a lot of Zoom, mm. Zoom calls. He was uh, <laughs> sat, sitting down and talking with you guys, and he seemed like one of the only guys to really be leveraging the Zoom calls and having a little, I wouldn't say a public spat, but public petty off. Between, not happy. Not happy. Not what happy. was what was like the vibe? Did you guys when? What's the vibe there when you're like, oh, this dude wants us to to write about this? Like, the, like he wanted you guys. To write his story. Um, he was giving you a lot. He definitely had a message that he wanted to get across that uh, he was not happy or satisfied with the way that he was being used. And um, look, uh, you go back to when they weren't pitching him regularly. A lot of that wasn't the Yankees moving things around. Like, you know, Brian Cashman said, we didn't give the Mets COVID. We didn't start that, you know, and, and that got pushed back. And then once you had all those games against the Mets canceled, what are you going to do? Are you going to start Garrett Cole or Masahiro Tanaka? Or are you going to give the ball to Jay Happ, who hasn't really pitched that well? And so, I mean, now we're going back to August, but that kind of started everything there um, where he thought that he should be getting the ball. And look, they didn't need a fourth starter at that point because they had so many days of rest that it came back around to Cole. And if I have the chance to give Garrett Cole the ball 10 times during the regular season, I'm going to do it or 12 times, whatever he took the ball. So, um, so I understood the Yankees point there. I understand that Hap is a competitor. He knows that he pitches better when he gets the ball regularly and you can't have 16 days or whatever it is without starts, but sorry, this, this year was weird for everybody. And I think that, um, you know, just to give you a little inside baseball here, the Zoom setting, I thought, didn't work well for that because Hap wanted to say something very clearly. And I think that would have been better served if we could have done that at his locker with the cameras off and just kind of expand on that rather than have everything on tape, on video, because I thought that that's a situation where I think that we actually would have gotten more um, more out of that. And then you take that and you can speak to Brian Cashman or Aaron Boone when the cameras are off. Because I think that like anything, when you have that right in your face and you've got the lights on and, and you know that everything's being recorded, you're probably not saying everything you would if it was just me and you guys talking side by side. And then, um, you know, we can build trust when you're saying it to an audience full of people. I think you don't really get the full story. It's, it's a press conference rather than just a chat. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And I think we missed out a lot of, like, good writing and good insights because of that situation uh, across the board with every team. It was staying on half for a little bit. They didn't They didn't pick up his option. It, it, it didn't um, – he Best. didn't hit the numbers and all that stuff, and we, we know it. But he kind of hinted at, you know, the funny business, uh, grievance or whatever. Do you think that this saga is going to continue? Do you think that it seems like both sides want to go their separate ways? But do you think Hap's upset? Do you think he, he's going to try and pin this on the Yankees? that They messed with my starts? 
I think that, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if this is not the last we've heard of it. And maybe there is some kind of settlement coming. Look, he's not going to get $17 million from the Yankees, but um, if he can get a few extra dollars out of them, I'm sure um, he would. And I don't really know the ins and outs of how that might go down. Um, I think they would have to file some kind of grievance and go back and, um, you know, chart it day by day and say, well, look, he could have started here, but it didn't. And why didn't he start on July 12 or whatever? I'm just making up a day. Um, It couldn't have been July 12. That was still summer camp. But anyway, (laughs) um, you you know what I'm saying? I think that um, if they really want to push that issue, they can probably have that go to arbitration and figure it out. But um, as far as the 2021 Yankees go, I don't think Jay Happ's going to be back. And, um, you know, it's almost kind of like that Ellsbury situation that we all forgot about, by the Mm -hmm. way. Um, yeah, they'll figure it out at some point and it'll get quietly settled and the Yankees will probably wind up cutting some kind of check to make it go away. And, um, they'll, they'll kind of go their, their own ways. Have we had an update on Ellsbury at all? No, because, um, uh, if you remember, there was a whole back and forth about they weren't going to pay him, but, uh, he actually didn't wind up playing this year. He couldn't have played this year. And so he was released. Um, it's confusing. Yeah, no, we haven't, uh, we don't know, but I would ex- I would expect that the Yankees are probably still on the hook for Ellsbury. But and I, I don't know that. I think, uh, that I would think be a he, good question to ask. I think he was one of those guys that was the highest play, paid dudes in baseball this year because they cut him before right. everything happened, so he got right. his full payday. Um, slightly less or more important, uh, a picture of a fully yellow turtle just came on my Twitter feed. I tagged Ooh. you in it. You can look at it later. Pretty cool. Look at that. I, I think I have to look at that right now. Um, Looks like a slice I, of American. How do I not look at that? Looks like yeah. a slice of American cheese got melted <laughs> on top of a turtle. <laughs> so that keeps you updated. And in a better segue about press co- Yeah. In a better segue about press conferences, you and John Boy are are two of the better tea leaders, tea readers, tea leaf readers of the Cash God. I um uh, when his his end of year press conference, I kind of view it as tweets. I I think the way he says stuff, you you leave the room open because things can go a lot of different ways. Uh, John was on kind of his eyes open big with the Glaber statements and the Gary statements, saying that you know. Gary's catching job isn't necessarily guaranteed and saying that Glaber's the shortstop. What was the quote as of right now? Currently. <laughs> Currently the shortstop. Uh, what did, did you take away the same impression? Cause I, I admittedly I'm, I'm not good at it. Bubba Crosby was once the center fielder currently. And yes. so, um, but I think that they're, they're going to probably have Glaber at shortstop unless something better presents itself. And I, I think that they, feel like he can still get better, but he was definitely below average uh, defensively and, and really I, offensively too. You didn't get the real Glaber Torres that we thought we were going to see. And I think um, you look at Glaber, you look at Gary, they're not alone in that um, players around the league. A lot of them had weird years that just were not what we expected they were going to be. And I know with Gary, it's kind of cumulative and you can now look back at the last three years and say he's been kind of meh, you know, league average-ish. Uh, I think if you look at OPS Plus, he's probably right around 100. Um, but, you know, I, I think they'll go forward with those guys until something comes along that's better. But I don't see them going after, say, Didi or a, a real Muto. I don't see that happening. I think that if they're going to spend money – and I was talking about this a couple of days ago. I, I feel like – the Yankees lost a ton of money this year. They're not alone in that. The industry lost a ton of money. I think um, the number is probably between 150 and 200. So what does that mean for payroll? Well, um, you know, they've still got money coming off the payroll. You, you don't have 
LeMayhew, Tanaka, you've got Hap gone, you've got Paxton gone, Gardner's gone. So they do have money to play with, but what I think it says is they're probably going to only have one or maybe two big moves. And so if you have those bullets to fire, do you go after LeMayhew? Do you shoot it? I would. I, I think that's the guy that I would go after, but, you know, that's why I'm not Brian Cashman. So yeah. um, you may have to make some tough decisions where you say, all right, we can get LeMayhew and maybe they can get Tanaka back or whatever, but then you can't do anything other than that. So that takes you out of a Trevor Bauer or, or out of a Didi Gregorius or whatever we're talking about. So it's going to be very uh, a fun offseason, I think, but I think you're going to see a lot of restraint around the league. And other than maybe across town where Steve Cohen's probably going to go nuts and go after everybody and be in on everybody. I see he's Do even it. tweeting now. So that's going to be uh, fun to watch. But I think um, when we're looking at the two New York baseball teams here, one is going to be making noise and I don't think it's going to be Al Steinberg. I think they made their, their noise last year. They spent a lot of money on Garrett Cole. Then they took a huge bath with no fans in the stands. So I think it's going to be relatively quiet. And so if I'm Cashman, I, I think who is the one guy I need to keep? And I don't see how this team's better without DJ LeMahieu. I agree with that, I, and I think they're going to try to take DJ back. Uh, on the Glaber comments, I was just shocked that Cash didn't give any valve confidence. Like, he's done that for these players, his position to lose. We believe there's so much more. He opened up with Glaber like, you know, he didn't play that well, and he's currently the shortstop. And if if more situation, if if other opportunities show up, we will have to discuss them. I think they like to find him back to second base. I think they're prepping themselves that if DJ doesn't come back, if someone outbids, mm-hmm. that they'll be like, well, at least we can get Glaber back to second now. And I think right. like that's kind of – I think they're prepping themselves for that mindset at least. Yeah, I don't think Glaber can stay it short. But I agree with you that I don't think – like Bauer is 0% chance for me. Mm-hmm. Dee, I think their whole relationship soured. I don't think Dee wants to come back to, to New York. Um, so I, I think it's DJ and Tanaka, and we'll see what they do there. But with all these – players not getting uh, their options picked up. There's a lot of guys out there. If you want to try and pick up some cheap dudes that have been doing it for a while in the league, it's it's going to be very interesting. The Brad Hand thing was interesting with Cleveland. Like, that, that guy's an all-star. And, One year. Yeah. yeah. One year. Um, so if that's a and, sign I mean, of where things are headed this offseason, I think it's going to be a lot of frustration, I think, from people banging on the desk saying, why are – you know, insert team here, not going after this guy. And I think the answer is going to be that everybody took out huge lines of credit and they really are kind of worried about the idea that maybe there aren't fans in the stands next year. Like I think there will be at some point, I think the world series and the NLCS showed that it can be done on a limited basis, but having 11,000 people in the stands buying hot dogs and soda and whatever is not the same as 48,000 at Yankee Stadium. So, um, you know, when can we get back to that, I think? And so, look, it's better to have 10,000 than zero. Same way it's better to have 60 games than zero. But I'd rather have 162 with full stands, but that's not reality right now. Yeah. And I think the other piece, because it really is first-world problems when we're talking about the Yankees. I mean, we're talking about them potentially bringing back LeMahieu, who's – top five in the MVP the last two seasons. And if not, I, I think they either piece it together. You know, you either go get the shortstop piece and Andrelton Simmons, or I've started to get myself excited about kind of the veteran free agents that will get screwed in this. You know, would the Yankees take a shot on a 
Jason Kipnis or something like that. The Yankees can figure out their lineup, uh, whether that's cost-effective or not. I think the big one that's kind of looming is the bullpen, and it's uh, are they just going to try to rework this thing as a whole? Are they going to let it ride? Do they believe in young guys? Um, uh, so I, I don't know. I want to kind of kick that to you and see, you know, do you think there's any vote? I mean, Adam Adovino, by the end of this year, became unusable, who's a guy right. with some of the most electric stuff. Do you think there's almost, is it a Sonny Gray thing where they might try to move away, or is it, you know, this was a short, weird season, let's fix him and kind of run it back with the same guys, or I, I don't know. Yeah, well, in Adovino's case, I feel like that's a continuation of last year, too, so you can't blame it all on one weird year. I feel like starting in September of last year, he wasn't effective, and so now you've got kind of a long track record here. So maybe it does wind up being a situation where you cut bait and try and move that contract if you can and change the scenery guy. I thought that bringing back Zach Britton spoke well um, to what their plans are. The fact that you want to keep Britton and Chapman together at the back end, that solves a lot of questions for you. And um, Britton was very effective when he had to fill in for Chapman. So if you wind up losing Chapman at some point uh, to injury or whatever, Still going to have to serve that suspension at some point. That is the weirdest thing that they couldn't find the witnesses. <laughs> what was that? Like, yeah. I know where they work. I know where Kevin Cash works. How do you not find them? But, um, yeah. So I think that you'll probably see a mix of it. I think you'll start to see them try to work in some of those younger arms. I'm thinking like an Albert Abreu and maybe a Clark Schmidt. Who knows? You know, I think they'd prefer to start him. But, um, you know, some of those guys that we saw, Ben Heller, if he can come back and uh, maybe you start working those guys in, Michael King, and see them in the mix there um, to kind of supplement what they already have. But I, I agree with you that, um, you know, Boone's actions showed that he didn't feel comfortable going to Adovino in a lot of spots. And there were there were spots that were crying out for it, and he didn't do it early in the postseason. So, um, yeah, I think that spoke, spoke volumes about where his, his stock is right now. I wonder how much they like Johnny Lewisaga and – Nick Nelson ended up pitching 20 innings for them this season. Yeah. And, like, they don't come into my brain as, like, options for back-end bullpen next mm -hmm. season. But I, I'm guessing the Yankees may have some of them penciled in. Uh, they they love Loisega. They love the stuff. And the results just have not matched up. And so They're brutal. Yeah, but they love the stuff. And they, they keep know. talking about the stuff. And they, the numbers pop off the screen. And the data guys – are, are raving about the spin rate and all that stuff. And then you get him in a game situation and you still got to get three outs. So, um, you know, if he can figure that out, it'd be awesome. But um, we just haven't seen it yet. And, um, you know, I feel like that's a dime a dozen, a guy with great stuff who can't get out of the inning or can't get the job done there. So if he can put it together, that would answer a lot of questions for him. But we haven't seen it yet. Johnny Luizaga's 26th birthday today. Happy birthday, Johnny. How about that, Johnny? Happy birthday. Made it. Be a stud. One of the only players from Nicaragua in the league. Yeah. Or maybe the only. I don't know. I don't know. I we'll get checked. research on that. I'm checked. Are you a little bit sad with Kratz, Hap, and Gardner all leaving mm. as a bald-headed gentleman what yourself? Mean? What do you mean? <laughs> Why would I be sad about We don't know if Gardner's leaving. He might, he might I think be he's back. Gonna, I think Gardner's going to come back. Uh, same thing they did two years ago, right? Or... Was it after 17, yeah. decline the option, sign him for uh, – or was it after 18 when McCutcheon kind of took his spot so his value was low, so they declined the option and they, they signed him for less? I will say one thing is that um, what I learned during quarantine 
is that I wasted a lot of money at supercuts over the years because there's no reason I can't do this myself. And so now I have figured out that I can do this myself and save the 20 bucks. And um, I have not paid for a haircut since <laughs> uh, the day we before we left for spring training. Uh-huh. Because my uh, fiance learned to cut hair. So. Isn't that yeah. great? Isn't that great? I mean, it's probably bad for that business, but good for my wallet. Yeah, for sure. I mean, 20 bucks a month, like, why not? So, um, so good news for, for Brett Gardner and Jay Happ and Eric Kratz. They can, they can shave their own heads. I pay the 20 bucks to have a stranger talk to me. It's worth it. (laughs) That's why I'm on this call right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we will be sending you the Venmo. There are two other, uh, Nicaraguan baseball players currently Chelsea, Chesler Cuthbert and Erasmo Ramirez. Oh, so how about that? How about that? It's pretty good. Huge news. Um, yeah. Any trade stuff? I know that's that's a brutal ask because we we were going through it because people always get themselves excited about trades. You see the Yankees tweets at Brian Hoke on Twitter. Sure um, do. The Yankees don't have a lot of trade pieces per se. I I mean you know a lot of these guys are locked in their spots and that led to two weeks of chaos on Twitter because there was there was about five days of Luke Voigt trade, trade rumors. Voigt. There's then six days of. Uh, Gio Urshela trade right. rumors, um, and then the always the fun Yankee name that people stumble into. It's the one guy with real value right now who didn't for a little while was Clint. But I mean, after the season he had, you also have to picture like my God, if he hasn't, <laughs> if the Clint experiment ends with him playing a great forty-five games and then getting traded somewhere, Gold I Glove, mean, Gold Glove finalist. And credit to him, and and that's where I've actually I've talked myself back into Glaber being the shortstop next year because they'll tell them they'll tell themselves that Glaber will have a Clint like transformation. But I mean, is I I guess it, you just end up looking at the young pieces, the Albert Abreu's, those guys, and say if if the Yankees find the right thing, they could walk into that. But it really doesn't feel like there is a big trade looming, and that's when Cashman gets you. That's right. Yeah, stealth Cashman. It- see anything happening i know i read all that about how the yankees should trade luke Voigt because his value will never be higher he's a home run king and all that but i mean Voigt is a pretty valuable part of this team right now and uh that's not something you can just replace especially at that dollar amount and so the reason that you would even think about trading those guys is that they're young and um they're cost effective you're getting great production from from the infield corners but if that's the case, why wouldn't you keep that for yourself? If yeah. you've got above average production at first base and third base for like 600 grand a player, why would you not keep that? And that'll let you uh, get a little more creative and spend money elsewhere where you need to. So I, I wouldn't be in a hurry to move any of those guys. And, you know, Clint was the one guy we always heard trade rumors about. Always, always, always. He even said it in August. He said it wouldn't be a trade deadline if my name wasn't coming up. But <laughs> they never even got close on anything with Clint. They, they shut that down and um, they needed him. So especially since we're talking about John Carlos Stanton is apparently a DH only now. Um, yeah. You're going to need him to be a left fielder. Uh, you know, we're going to need you're going to need Clinton left and Hicks in center and then uh, judge and right, assuming they're all healthy. But and, and just to go back, I should have mentioned this about the postseason. The one thing that gets lost here, John Carlos Stanton was a monster this postseason. Yeah. He had a Reggie Jackson type postseason. And it's going to get forgotten because the Yankees didn't win the World Series. But um, this guy, he showed up to play in October. And, um, you know, so, you know, I think that kind of quiets the whole narrative about, oh, you know, big games. He only hits homers when they're up by nine runs or whatever. 
mean, he had a big, big postseason. And if they had gone on to the next round, he would have been a, a big reason why. Yeah, the uh, the Stanton DHing only. That changes so much of the makeup of the team and who you can bring in. I mean, that messes up Gary and how they view him. That probably sends Mike Ford away. Not that he did much to earn coming back, but if if Stan's DHing, Voight's playing first base majority of the games, and you don't need a lefty there to come take an at bat once a week and and walk. So I think that was you know there's a couple shock things from the press conference. That was kind of the biggest thing that tangibly changes the future construct of the roster for the next eight years, six years. How, how much longer is here? Seven. Seven, seven. years. I mean, that changes Stan, the next seven years of the Yankees. He signed he the best He signed the best contract of this offseason. I love that people were actually talking like, Ooh, will not opt out. No kidding he won't opt out. They owe him $218 million. Like, why would he? And, and they were treating that like news. I remember having to write that in September and actually called to confirm it. It's like, yeah, confirmed by common sense. Of course yeah. he wouldn't opt out of that. Would you? So no, anyway, Brian. I'm trying anyway. to opt in. Yeah, yeah. It was a different time. Day. It was a different starting time. starting five come spring training. Ooh, ooh. Call. Wow. Uh huh. Let's in, in not in the, not in the correct order. Let's throw Montgomery and sure. Uh, put Dave, Montgomery da- in there. I want Davy in there. And Davy uh, in there. Okay. Then your options are uh, yeah. Herman. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, know. I always forget about him, but I'm putting him in the rotation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you have Savvy, but he'll probably miss the first month He's next year. He's probably not coming back. Yet. You know, Cashman said to us June or July, and I suspect he, you know, Severino will try to move that up. But, I mean, you're looking all-star break for him. So Yeah, yeah. okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, with Didi, too. Um, yeah, Didi was mad about that, though. <laughs> Clark is an same with back fa- And Didi came back fast, you know, yeah. considering. Oh, yeah, they've had a couple players now be told to stop throwing, and then they just Hicks did the same thing. And I remember we, we heard Didi was very upset, like, I can play. Right. And he was sending them videos. So it, uh, I we'll mean, see what how Sevy handles that. What, what it seems like is that they're, they're going to bring back one veteran because you can basically have Monty and Clark – be your fifth, sixth option, whatever it is. Yeah, Michael King. He and can be in there. King, that's true, and that's where I, I flip-flop. I've, I've started to talk myself into James Paxton because I was reading up on some of the the offers that he's going to get this year. And, I I mean, one, one of the websites, I forget what it was, but was like he's going to take a one-year $6 million deal somewhere. And I was like, God, if if that's really Paxton's option, I, I could see him trying to get a taster contract with the Yanks. But I think the name we're all thinking is Masahiro Tanaka. Yeah. I, I don't sense that Tanaka is hungry to go try to pitch somewhere else. I think that if all things are equal, he'll want to come back to the Yankees. If you remember, he had a, he had a choice to opt out a couple of years ago, and he shut that down immediately and said, this is where I want to be, and he wanted to finish that seven-year commitment. So, um, you know, I think that – if he's pitching next year, he wants to be with the Yankees. And if he's not with the Yankees, then it'll be because they didn't match whatever offer was out there. But I feel like if everything is equal, he wants to come back to New York. Is my guess. I don't know. My, you know, ours as well. And, you know, you'd leave Japan to come be a superstar and you come to New York and they're saying some Japanese teams might be offering him contracts to come back and with COVID and everything, you know, I, I believe during quarantine, he went back to Japan with his family and, and got out of here. So, um, 
You wonder if that plays into it uh, or if he just wants the big biggest stage. You would think that that dude wants the biggest stage. So I can't really see him going to like, I don't know, some the Royals. I was going to say Kansas City, and it's not fair to mm. Kansas City. We always think of them as, yeah. like, well, name random small market team. You know, Cincinnati, yeah. Kansas City. Yeah, those are the two you think of. Yeah. I but skipped I don't, the Reds and went to Kansas City. I know, but I don't see Tanaka in that uniform. I don't see that he would get anything out of that. Like, he's clearly made his money. Um, I think he – I was. I went back um, recently, actually, to look up the press conference, his first – day in New York. And it was a big gala affair at Yankee stadium. There were like 400 people in the legends club. And, um, you know, they, he had, he does the whole photo shoot with the, uh, the, the pinstripe Jersey. And he said in perfect English, he said something like, hello, my name is Masahiro Tanaka. I am proud to be a Yankee. And that kind of wowed everybody. And what he said that day was I'm here to win a world series. I am here because I picked the Yankees because I wanted to win a championship and he didn't get it done. Uh, it's not his fault. Um, he did everything. He was a great Yankee, but I think that alone might bring him back. The fact there's unfinished business. Uh, this team is closer, I think, at any point than it had been during his tenure. You go back and look at his first couple years. That was, those were bad teams. Um, mm-hmm. Those Joe Girardi 2014-15 teams, like those were not World Series winning teams. If he looks at the 2021 Yankees, I think. Tanaka can make a case that this team is very close and maybe I do come back for a year or two years or whatever it is. And, um, you know, to finish what he came to New York to do. Yeah. I'd like that. I like Tanaka a lot. Don't want to see him in another uniform. So, okay. That's our starting five. We have Cole, Perfect. Tanaka, Herman, Monty, Davey, and then Savvy joins. There you go. You, you don't think they should pick up Kluber? Oh, hey, Ooh. bring him on. Give Why him not? a two low shot. You can never have enough pitching. Yeah. I think we'll get hurt by the time. Not my money, right? Yeah. Like, go ahead. Fine. Oh, one last question before we let you go. I've got one last one, too. Okay, this is my last question. If Hal Steinbrenner uh, started a Twitter account and started interacting with fans, would it go as positively as uh, Steve Cohen (laughs) just did? (laughs) (laughs) I will say one thing. The Steve Cohen New York Mets have not lost a game yet. So Undefeated. Um, let's, let's check in on that in June or July, I think, yeah. and see I, how if the narrative has changed there. I am so excited for them. I was going through the Cohen tweets and yeah. responding and I, I got a very sense of like, man, this is genuinely like so exciting for Mets. It might all tumble. It might stay the same, but yeah. right now the feeling that they have and Cohen, he was all excited too. Like it's pretty cool. Should be. Yeah. No, it's, it's cool. It's, it, I, I think that. I have always said this is that baseball is better in New York when both teams are good. And when, when one team is down and the other is up and um, I, I want to see the Mets be good. Cause I want that rivalry to be there. And um, you know, it's, I think it's fun for everybody. Like I, I'm thinking back 20 years ago when we had the subway series and you know, you walk down the streets and people were wearing Mets hats and Yankee hats, you know, when you could walk down the streets and actually talk to people <laughs> yeah. without fearing yeah. for your life and um but it was fun there was an energy in the city and it's something that um i i think that you, you, if you didn't experience it it's hard to quantify but it was awesome to have just that rich rivalry and and you know the mets fans are passionate yankee fans are passionate and you had them going to war it was cool like i was there the day that clemens hit piazza in the head like i was in the stands at yankee stadium and that was just um, you know, the back and forth in the, the crowd was just so much fun to be a part of. And so I hope we see that again. 
And you I were am. wearing your cool half Mets, half Yankees jersey, right? <laughs> I remember people wearing those. I do. <laughs> I, I was thinking, like, you got to buy two jerseys, cut one in half, That's and then so stitch funny. it together. Like, that is a commitment to put yeah. that together. Like, that wasn't off the rack. You had to make that yourself. That's not our speed. Uh, no. Yeah. My, my, and, hey, maybe it's perfect timing for the Mets. Maybe perfect this all works for someone out. who's got, you know, left side is a small, right side's a large body. Yeah. Just built different. I've got that. Hashtag built different. <laughs> what um you mentioned, you know, we, we went to a dark place for a second early in the podcast because we always do with you. What's like uh Hello, darkness, my old friend? Yeah. Yes. Uh if if and maybe you could even write a you book about it. You just bring out the misery in me. I don't know what it is. You know? I, I look at you and I and, just feel sad. And soundboard. Um, <laughs> what, uh, I, I guess what's, when you look back at this 2020 season, and I was going to say, maybe this is something you could even write a book about, but what's a, what's a moment of levity that like jumps out to you? Or maybe it's something silly in the Zoom room, or like if, if you're right now and you look back on the season, like something that you look back at and you're just like, that was so bizarre. That was, you know... Tommy Canely mooned the Zoom camera. What, what's 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 something we missed? I wish. Well, no, I don't wish he did. But <laughs> I wish we had a moment like that where there was a moment where Cole came in and kind of—I don't know if I'm on tape—but he kind of poked his head in like that. And, uh, yeah, he was kind of messing around with us. But you teed me up in that 2020 was a nuts year to cover the New York Yankees, to cover Major League Baseball, and you're right, it would make a great book and I am writing that book. And so Dang. I am writing a book. It will be called the Bronx zoom um, play off the old book title of the Bronx zoo. And so that'll be coming out next summer. I'm, um, you know, catching up with everybody trying to get that whole story fleshed out of what was really going on behind the scenes and uh, what this bizarro year was like um, for Yankee baseball. So I hope I can do it justice. It's been, it's been fun so far, kind of reliving some of it. Some of it's been hard, um, but uh, yeah, as far as fun stuff goes, um, I think the idea that the Yankees celebrated their um, championship, not championship, but playoff clinch in a Westin hotel in Buffalo, New York, with masks <laughs> on and, and clinking champagne flutes instead of having the fun, you know, put up the, the, the plastic and spray the heck out of everybody – just that image of them sitting in a hotel lobby in, in the West End, in Buffalo of all places, to celebrate the fact that they're going to the postseason. That's how Garrett Cole goes to the postseason for the first time as a Yankee. And there's a whole lot of it. Um, the fact that they had kind of like a Frogger machine set up in, in their club, in their, the hotels. They had like a game room where they could go and play like cornhole and stuff. And, and because they weren't allowed out, really. Um, and the idea that they were – um, kind of holed up in a hotel in Philadelphia for three days and had no idea when or if they would play another game and then bussing down to Baltimore. It was all just bizarre. And so I've been going back through and getting a lot of those stories together and uh, fleshing that out and just trying to tell the story because I feel like in the moment we were, first of all, none of us knew if this season would even get completed, but we were kind of drinking from a fire hose and it was just every day there was so much coming at us so to now go back and kind of be like whoa, whoa, whoa okay wait how did they have summer camp at yankee stadium like and just kind of how the heck did they pull all that off and it's been it's been cool to kind of relive some of it and really kind of get a better understanding of what the heck was going on this year yeah i'm excited for it <clears throat> in the meantime people people can uh <clears throat> catch up and read bronx bombers mission 27 as we were eight Wait for Bronx Zoom to come out. 
Thank you. Yeah, and you guys, I'm breaking news here because you are actually the first uh, people I've told about this. So, hey, we were also we also broke the Mission 27 news. I don't know Is if you true? remember. Yeah, that's not on pur- not on purpose. You spilled it to us by accident, <laughs> and then you were like, "I I guess that's out now." <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, I'm excited about it. Um, so, yeah, I'm happy to come on friendly airwaves here and and, and share that with you. Appreciate it. Appreciate you joining us as always. We'll have to catch up. No winter meetings this year, so we're just going to host our own, I think. Well, well I think what, we, what we'll have to do is just stand around a hotel lobby for seven hours and <laughs> yeah. just kind of, you know, yeah. look around and try to try to make eye contact with people, I guess. See who's the drunkest. That's, yeah, we could okay. just do that. We could just do that in whatever hotel is nearby you and simulate it. So. That's perfect. BBD, you got something? I have one more. Oh. The sun will come out. Tanaka. Bet your bottom dollar with Tanaka. Tanaka? The sun will shine. Anyway, Tanaka. Anyway. (laughs) That's my favorite part. So good. So good. Just kicking it out like that. Make sure you're going to talk to him about the the Zoom fest. Yeah, we already had one talk. Uh, Yeah, we talked earlier this year, and now I'm going to circle back with him to see. But... Yeah, he told a great story, and uh, he, the night that, if you remember the night that everything shut down, the NBA shut down that night, mm-hmm. he was out to dinner, and he's drinking a martini because he's John Sterling, and obviously he's, he's at a steakhouse in Tampa, and he's talking to people about, so what do you think about this coronavirus? <laughs> <laughs> and then... Um, um, they were saying, oh, you know, it's, it's not going to be anything. It's not really going to affect your day-to-day. Wash your hands, you'll... And then the NBA shuts down and Tom Hanks uh, gets coronavirus and the world just goes nuts. And um, so he was kind of telling me that whole story about um, we were all just innocent. We had no idea what was going on and we had no idea that it was going to, you know, derail our entire year. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll keep in touch. We'll be, we'll be here if you want to come stand outside the office and wave to each other at some point. Okay. Yeah. We're in the Bronx, baby. We'll stay six feet apart. We'll wave. Yeah, it'll be fine. Perfect. I'm All in. Right. Th- thanks, Brian. All Appreciate right, later. See ya. Baseball. And there he was, Brian Hoke, like Coke, one of our first ever guests, first ever in-person guest, a dear friend and author of a new book. Yeah, and he's... uh. He's currently texting us. He said for the last question, he forgot to tell us about the toilet flushing on the Zoom. He said in Baltimore, uh, they set up a camera right outside the bathroom and Stan would say a sentence and there'd be a flush like every every sentence. So he says that was a good time. Mm. Um, so so sorry a, you guys missed out. It was on purpose flushing. We should do a new episode. We used to be a flush pod. We used to be, that's what, when he initially texted that, I was like, oh, Hulk. Yeah, we used to be a flush pod. Coming in with the deep cuts, but. I'm officially excited for the offseason. Well, yeah, that's how it works. So what else? What are your other options? Well, I think it's going to be a lot of highs and lows. <laughs> I, I agree, but I'm, I'm saying like, like I think next week I'm going to be fans. sad about the offseason. Oh, why? Like there's going to be no actual updates, and I'm going to be like, oh, the offseason's slow again. Yeah, I, I think you will. There's not yeah. going to be any updates. I know. Okay. Now I'm already down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was quick. Damn. <laughs> Damn, okay. I'm excited. Okay, but I understand it's a it's a slow burn. It's a long play. I've never been about that. No, no, no. Short, quick, fast. Yeah. That's how a lot of people have described me. Short, quick, fast. Yeah. 
in what aspect of life? Uh, running for a little bit and then sex. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, Thanks, everybody. Tell them, Grandma. Tell them, Grams. Oh, Yankees. She called me short, quick, and fast. Sex. <laughs> she must have been watching. <laughs>